You're listening to The Nut, another wrestling podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. My name is CJ Palmasano. I am your host, and we have a lot to get into today. Um, We're going to be going over my WrestleMania backlash predictions later on in the show. Um, And we're going over a lot of news that's been happening lately, and a little bit of AEW later on in the programming. Um... So, first and foremost, let's talk about this big news with Daniel Bryan. Well, we already know the news that Daniel Bryan is legitimately uh, no longer under contract with WWE. But apparently the reports are going around that Bryan is um, not looking to go anywhere anytime soon. And WWE are... uh, uh, Vince McMahon, he's... He has faith. He trusts Brian that he just that that all Brian really needs is to recharge his batteries and stay at home, take a little break, and then come back better than ever. Um, that is kind of the plan at the moment. So, like we've heard, Daniel Bryan is legitimately no longer with WWE. He's no longer affiliated with them. Uh, apparently, they tried to offer Brian a backstage producer, full-time producer role, but Brian doesn't want a full-time role in the company. I think he just wants a bit of a part-time role. Um, We all know that Daniel Bryan, I think, now wants to transition into a part-time wrestler. Uh, I know he said in the past he's wanted to be a scout for WWE to recruit talent. And then again, he's also said how he wants to do a hair versus hair or hair versus mask match in CMLL. So we never know with Daniel Bryan. Um, but overall, though, I mean, I kind of made this prediction last week. Well, prediction, but but I, I truly think that Brian is not going anywhere. Um, he's not going to go to AEW. He's not going to go to New Japan or Impact or any of these other promotions. As as much as I would love to see Brian show up at AEW or New Japan, it, it would be amazing. However, I just don't see that being the case, considering. Um, you know, he is getting up there in age. I know I've seen people on Twitter. Some people are saying, like, how it would be amazing to see him in the G1. It, it would be amazing to see Brian in the G1. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think my Daniel Bryan dream match for um, a New Japan, like, there's, a, I mean, I'd love to see him face Okada and Naito and Ibushi, but I think Shingo Takagi would probably be my Daniel Bryan dream match. Or Kenta, he's never faced off as Kenta. In, uh, no, he has faced off as Kenta in, in ROH uh, in, back in the day. But the whole thing with Brian is that he is getting up there in age. Um, he's been doing this for a very long time, and I'd rather have Daniel Bryan in a part-time capacity with WWE than zero capacity and, and not wrestling at all. Uh, because one day we will have to say goodbye to Daniel Bryan for good. And but unfortunately, fortunately, now is not that time. I truly think Brian will be back and in in due time, and then we will see him. Uh, you know, have just a part time schedule. So 
I know that the words going around that right now WWE are looking to have SummerSlam. They're not. There's no really particular time as to well time, but where SummerSlam is going to be. I think that's kind of like when WWE want to have SummerSlam and uh, you know re- resume touring um, later this year. So I'm going to be lo- looking at a report. Um, let's take a look here, live as I'm doing this. Um, a date reveal for SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam is, uh, this is courtesy of PW Insider. SummerSlam 2021 will take place on August 22nd, 2021. A location for the event has not yet been confirmed, but there are several options. Uh, WWE planned to hold SummerSlam in Boston last year, but it didn't happen. The pandemic caused the date to be canceled. It's unlikely that Boston will get another date for SummerSlam since the pandemic policies are going to be extended by a few weeks. Um, Ringside News brought that, the article. Uh, That's according to PW Insider. And apparently, I think NXT In Your House will be returning again uh, sometime in June. Uh, NXT In Your House will be happening uh, on June Sunday, June 13th. That was uh, officially from WWE themselves for uh, from the uh, Instagram page I saw from the In Your House pay-per-view. So, that's, I mean, that's good to see. I like the In Your House pay-per-view. It was fun, little concept. I hope that once we're kind of getting back to big four pay-per-views and... And, you know, fans can be in attendance again. I'm hoping that we can get, like, the big takeover shows for WrestleMania weekends, you know, because that really stopped happening because of the pandemic. And we haven't really seen uh, too many. I, I mean, I think the last NXT takeover that was with a major pay-per-view was probably SummerSlam 2019 when they were in Canada, Toronto, Canada. Um, I believe that was the last time they were they did anything for it. So no, we, we're not going to be seeing that for a little while. I hope that maybe by Royal Rumble next year we'll get that because takeovers are just they're always so much fun when there's a big wrestling, uh, big four wrestling event going on. But it is important to have the takeovers to be their own thing as well. I just wish they'd move this shit back to Saturdays. I cuz I cuz I loved watching takeovers on Saturday nights. I didn't have to worry about anything. None of that. Um actually now that I think about it, maybe maybe takeover 31 was happening the night before SummerSlam. If I did fuck that up, please let me know on Twitter at @tnawp at @cj_1214 if SummerSlam 2020 and NXT TakeOver 31 were on the same weekend because I don't recall if they were or not. But anyway, I digress. Uh, There's a few things we need to get into that happened on Monday Night Raw. So this is just another eh, not-so-great episode of Monday Night Raw. So Raw kicked off with Shayna Baszler, uh, Nia Jax, and Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. I don't get why this never-ending feud with... Mandy, Dana, Shayna, and Nia keeps happening, but okay. Uh, Asa, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke defeated Charlotte Flair, Nia Jackson, and Baszler. And Alexa Bliss and her doll Lily uh, were set up on swings, and they're watching up close and started to laugh. Um, this kind of makes 
every single person in the match look really stupid when they got distracted by Alexa Bliss because they have to pretend like that they didn't see all that gang set up or that they really believe in the speak spooky voodoo shit. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure where this whole thing with Alexa Bliss is going. We haven't seen Bray Wyatt in a few weeks since he said, you know, that he's going to be new and whatever. So, I mean, clearly it's just WWE not knowing what to do with The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. So, I've lost all hope for Bray Wyatt. Um, I think if they're not going to get him now, they're not going to get him ever. So, I just... And that sucks to say because The Fiend was a really great new concept and WWE just don't know what to do with Bray Wyatt at the end of the day. Um, can this gimmick work for Alexa Bliss? I mean, yes, but I just don't like how it's gone about. Um, I mean, Alexa Bliss was the name of the person that was the last name in Charlotte's promo where she was calling people out because people were saying how Charlotte gets all the opportunities, no other women get anything. Um, could this be leading to a Charlotte Flair uh, Alexa Bliss match at SummerSlam? Um, possibly, maybe. I think that could happen. Does this include the Raw Women's Championship? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Charlotte will be uh, trying to get the Raw Women's Championship this Sunday at WrestleMania. Backlash. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, only time will tell. But I'm not so sure how this uh, whole thing with Lily and Alexa Bliss is going to be. Um, the Miz versus Damian Priest has also been announced that night for WrestleMania Backlash and there was a match between Priest and Morrison and the winner got to choose the stipulation of the match which I don't understand Priest beat uh, John Morrison which which was the right decision but it just it just I don't know I just couldn't get into this you know and they, he wants a lumberjack match I mean essentially Damian Priest has been feuding with The Miz and John Morrison since January since his call up to the main roster and his time with Bad Bunny but Bad Bunny is gone and you're still having Damian Priest feud with The Miz and John Morrison. Here's, here's my thing. I'd probably be more invested in this whole thing if they had Damian Priest actually feuding with John Morrison rather than The Miz. And his matches were with Miz to determine what his match would be at WrestleMania Backlash. And his opponent was John Morrison. Because I think John Morrison versus Damian Priest is a more exciting match to see than... Damian Priest versus The Miz. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Miz hater like my good friend Dylan over at Making Kayfabe. Um, I have praised Miz on this podcast before when credit is when I give credit where credit is due. Right, right now, currently, I'm just not into The Miz. I'm not into what he's been doing, and I think he needs a bit of a a, a, a fresh start, a, a reboot or something. I, I don't know. But I, I think Damian Priest should have been feuding with anybody else. I mean... Anybody, literally anybody, you know, we could have had we could have Damian Priest uh, feud with maybe mm, I don't know, fucking anybody. <laughs> I can't even name anybody on the Raw roster right now. You know, uh, Damian. I'll I'll look up the Raw roster right now. I'll look up the Raw roster and see who's on the Raw roster where Damian Priest could have uh, a feud with. So. We're gonna we're currently um as this is happening. I am on WWE's website, and we are going to be looking up who are the current members of the Raw roster. So, Damian Priest could feud with um, hmm, 
Uh, Sheamus, for one. Uh, he could feud with Sheamus for the U.S. title. Uh, Damian Priest could feud with... You know, he could feud with maybe Ricochet. Give Ricochet something to do. He could feud with uh, The Fiend if they wanted to do something with him. And I'm trying to find people who really aren't in a storyline currently. Um, you know, you, there's a lot you could have done with him. You could have Damian Priest maybe even feud with, uh, I don't know, Jeff Hardy or Keith Lee. Um, Keith Lee, real quickly. Apparently, Keith Lee has um, he has some undisclosed me undisclosed medical issues at the moment, and um, it's this has been going on since Elimination Chamber. We haven't really known what's been going on with Keith Lee. We've heard stories about how he management wasn't crazy on him, and how he needs to go back to the performance center and learn to wrestle like a quote unquote big man. Um, I. Uh, I, 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 it's concerning. You know, the guy is in the prime of his career. He's legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, I, you know, his matches with Dominic Dijakovic and NXT are just nothing short of classic. Um, his performance at Survivor Series in 2019 was absolutely amazing. The between him and Roman, you know. He had uh, a great match against Roderick Strong for the North American title. You know, he's supposed to stand out in war games. You know, Keith Lee is, like he says, limitless. He's legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. He hasn't been treated like that in a long time. I genuinely hope whatever is going on with Keith Lee for his health concerns, I hope he's okay. I hope he can return soon. I hope that Keith Lee can come back and be better than ever. Um, and just let the man be Keith Lee like he was in NXT. You know, get stop making him wear a singlet. He does. He just the man just looks uncomfortable in a singlet. I don't know. He could feel comfortable, but to me, he does. You don't need to to have him wear a singlet. You know, I mean, Ivar doesn't wear a singlet. Look at I Ivar. His his belly is out there. Like he doesn't wear a singlet. But you make Keith Lee wear a singlet, and that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but anyway, I hope Keith Lee, uh, uh, whatever he's going through, my thoughts and prayers are with him, and all you guys should go send some love to Keith Lee on his Twitter. Uh, I think it's at Real Keith Lee. Definitely go send some love and support and be like, Keith, we love you. Um, that's uh, real quickly. just want to get in with, uh, with Keith Lee. So, a few other things that happened on Raw. Um, we had another vignette for Eva Marie. And I think, according to Sean Ross Sapp, they <laughs> the gimmick for Eva Marie is that she's a supermodel who works so hard to get back to the WWE that she wants to help others achieve their goals. How is that going to work for a babyface character? How is that going to work? I... <laughs> I, I, I talked briefly about Eva Marie last week, and I did say WWE did not get rid of the Iconics, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, just to bring back Eva Marie. Eva Marie was reportedly been signed to the company for a while now. They just haven't used her up until this point. It is frustrating to bring her back when you all the four women I just named were absolutely amazing and, and super talented. Um, but... WWE, this is just gonna blow up in their face. This is this gimmick's not gonna work. It's not. And with the Thunder the Thunderdome crowd, they're gonna. That's that's. 
they control the narrative, so they're really going to make her a baby face, but it's not going to work, and they'll, they'll, hopefully they'll learn, hopefully they'll see. Um, so, we talked about Jeff Hardy last week and how I think Jeff is kind of being buried at the moment. Um, well, he did the same thing with Jinder Mahal as he did on a main event, and Jinder Mahal beat uh, Jeff Hardy. Um, all More reports show that apparently Jeff isn't necessarily being buried, so to speak, but... They're kind of just using him to put over other stars, and one big reason why he re-signed his WWE contract is when fans return, he wants to go back to using the No More Words theme song, and that is a total Jeff Hardy thing to renegotiate your contract. Yeah, man, I just want to have No More Words in my back when the fans come back, man. I just That's all I want to do, you know? And like, God damn it, Jeff, you're putting me in a corner here, pal. Oh, God, what do you want, an extra million? No, man, I just want my theme song, you know. I just want to do some cool stuff, you know. God damn it. Fine. Another million it is. <laughs> I don't know. The negotiations between Jeff and Vince McMahon. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's okay. But past uh, experiences with the WWE have led me to believe that I can't necessarily believe everything I hear or read. One thing on Raw that remains to be the best thing is Rated RK Bro. Rated RK Bro of Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Uh, they had beat AJ Styles, Omos, Elias, and Jackson Riker, along with the New Day. And after the match, Randy just stuns New Day. <laughs> Very Stone Cold-esque. I'm surprised that they're not on the pay-per-view this Sunday. Uh, but, hey, uh, Ra- Randy Orton and Matt Riddle are consistently the best thing on Raw right now. Uh, I was very open to it with the whole thing. Um... They they are the diamond and the big huge pile of shit that is Monday Night Raw. So I'm glad they're doing something well. I, I like Randy Orton. I like Matt Riddle. So good for them. Uh, Umberto Carrillo had um, he suffered an injury during an open challenge match with uh, with Sheamus for the U.S. title. Uh, the ref had to stop the match. Um, Humberto Carrillo appears to be okay. Uh, I think it was a, something a box during a sunset flip uh, onto Sheamus. But according to reports, Alberto Carrillo is okay, and he will be cleared to wrestle. Um, Shelton Benjamin, he beat Cedric Alexander in a nothing match. Oh, well, I guess their Cedric is going to be buried again. Uh, Drew Gulak is continuing to feud with Angel Garza and said that he was embarrassed last week when he shoved a rose up his butt and wants a rematch. Garza tells Gulak next time he'll shove a rose down his throat. Look, I'm all for serious Drew Gulak. But can we not have him be serious where it took a rose being put down his pants to get kicked in the ass by it? How? And Angel Garza is like the the second coming of Eddie Guerrero. I don't get how you think this is going to bring him heel heat. It's just stupid. Eddie Guerrero never did anything like that. Eddie Guerrero never shoved a rose down somebody's pants and kicked their ass with it. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, Rhea Ripley had beat Asuka in a match, um, and even though Charlotte was on commentary, uh, Charlotte appeared to do nothing, and Rhea had pinned Charlotte, uh, sorry, Asuka clean. Um, I, I mean, it's good to make Rhea look good, but I thought maybe Charlotte was going to come in here, get her heat. I, I will say this, and real quickly about the whole Charlotte Flair uh, insurgent into the Raw Women's Championship match. Charlotte Flair is finally being used in a way where we as fans have criticized WWE over the years. Um, you know, and you could say with the WrestleMania match that she was inserted in with Ronda and Becky that she was a heel then. I mean, 
to WWE's credit, they're inserting her in the match and taking advantage of the fact that she's a heel. You know, other times in the past they've inserted inserted her with as a as a babyface in triple threat matches. I mean, at least use somebody correctly. Use Charlotte as a heel and use her correctly to, you know, be over as a heel. You know, um, at least that's what I think you should do. I mean, it appears things are going right with Charlotte Flair. Uh, the main event saw Drew McIntyre beat Bobby Lashley by DQ after Braun Strowman interfered. Braun takes out Drew with a running power slam and slams Bobby through a barricade. Um, if I'm not the only one who noticed this, when Braun Strowman went over to MVP, took the cane, so I should bust you with this. But first, I'm going to fuck your boy up. I know he said bust your boy up, but it sounded like Strowman said fuck your boy up. <laughs> I... I don't know. That's a whole thing, too. Uh, I'm not sure, really sure where they're going with the whole uh, WWE Championship match at uh, the pay-per-view this Sunday. But, okay, I guess it's going to be fun. We'll get more into predictions in a little while. Real quickly, though, I want to talk about some stuff that happened on Friday Night SmackDown. Roman Reigns is consistently still the best thing on SmackDown. In WWE overall, they had a 10-bell salute to uh, honor Daniel Bryan's career, and they held Jey Uso, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, bowed their heads, and then Heyman took the mic and just started going, ding, 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 and you see Roman slowly move his head and have that shit-eating grin, just be like, oh, you motherfucker, you. Just... I love Roman Reigns and, his, and this character. I love it. I love it so much. Um, and we saw the return of Jimmy Uso. Jimmy Uso has returned. The bloodline is full. We have J- main event Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso together. So uh, there was a, and this is a throwback episode of SmackDown as well. Uh, Teddy Long came in and said that's holla 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 that Adam Pierce came. And uh, well, Adam Pierce gave him uh, privileges to be the GM for tonight. And that he made a match between Seth Rollins and Cesaro. And if Seth Rollins won, he had... Um, sorry, if Cesaro won, he would get a Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns. Uh, Jimmy Uso tried getting involved in the match. Uh, but I think Jimmy and Jay tried getting involved. Whereas Seth's like, leave me alone. I got this. And Cesaro got the win. Um, Seth said to Roman Reigns that you need to handle your your family, otherwise somebody else will, alluding to himself. So in this whole thing, though, what I really love is that Jimmy Uso is very defiant towards Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns tells him to do something. He's like, nah, I ain't doing that. I ain't going to be like your bitch, like my brother over here. And there is a backstage segment with Jimmy and Jay, and Jay's like, what, you think I'm a bitch? Like, yeah, I think you're a bitch. You're going out there, and you're only... Roman's only benefiting from this. Not not you. And, you know, Jay says how he wants to be tag team champions, and that is the plan currently. Apparently, the plans are for the Usos to win the tag team titles later this, uh, later this summer, I believe, but they're going to be beating a babyface tag team, which leads me to believe the 30 Dogs are dropping the tag titles this Sunday. I don't know. It may be a little spoiler for my predictions later on. Um, but I love this whole arc throughout the show that Jimmy's defiant. And Jimmy's is, you know, Jay is not necessarily on, I guess is not necessarily on board with the whole Usos thing, being teaming again, because... You know, he's wearing his main event Jay Uso merch, and Jimmy's wearing the Usos merch. You know, 
I love this whole thing. And Roman was like, you better acknowledge me as the head of the table or you need to, or you're going to go back, get your ass back home, tell your wife and your kids why that you're, you're there and not providing money for them, not providing for the family. Um, and then later on, Cesaro came in. He was beating down Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, and Jimmy was reluctant. But then Jimmy went in and took out Cesaro. Uh, got taken out by Cesaro. So I love this whole thing with with uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns. And this story really could lead. Honestly, where I see this happening, I I genuinely seeing this happening. I think we down the line we could see a triple threat match for the Universal Championship between Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, and Roman Reigns. Will Roman drop the title at that, at that point? I don't know, but we could see that. I mean, right now when I think of contenders of who could beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, there's a few. Cesaro, I love Cesaro. I'm not sure if he's going to take the title off of Roman Reigns, but we, I could see guys like... I could see Jey Uso taking the title off of Roman Reigns. I really could see Jey Uso taking the title off of him. I don't know if he's really going to be the guy to do it, but I could see it happening. You know, you could have... That could be Big E. It could be Kevin Owens, uh, Seth Rollins. um, Pull up some of the other guys on the SmackDown roster at the moment. But those are just a few guys who could potentially uh, take the Universal Championship from uh, Roman, I almost said Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, you know, uh, we've got, you know, like I said, Seth Rollins, uh, we got uh, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, Cesaro could do it, Big E could do it, um, it's, it's, it's troubling, to, it's hard to say, you know, because right now, if I had to bet money on who could be the one to take the title off of Roman Reigns, Right now, I'd probably say Jey Uso. Jey Uso for now, but Roman could hold on to this title for fucking ever, man. Forever Roman can hang on to this title. Um, another thing I really loved uh, that happened on SmackDown is that uh, uh, Teddy Long threatened to <laughs> to have Sam- Sami Zayn face go one-on-one with The Undertaker player, but Sami had to remind him, ah, ah he- The Undertaker's retired, and... <laughs> I just, I loved, I loved that so much. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, overall, the, the one thing that this episode of SmackDown really hammered home is that this whole dynamic between uh, Jimmy, Jay, Roman, um, it's really, really good. It's just really, really great storytelling, and I loved every second of it. I, I just did, man. It was absolutely fantastic. Um. Another thing, uh, real quickly, you get into a little bit of NXT. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott's got a a faction, and everybody seems like a fucking star. His his new faction is called Hit Row Records. The members being Top Dollar, Ashanti Adonis, B Fab, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Now, I have always enjoyed Isaiah Swerve Scott's work. I've always felt like this guy can be a huge. Uh, star one day, and I think that time is now because when we have a, a a group of guys in NXT where it seems like you know a lot of the same guys are you know at the top, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, um, you know Tommaso Ciampa, 
you know, we see a lot of the same guys at the top right now. And NXT isn't how it was a few years back where a lot of guys would just, you know, you know, be in NXT for a while and then go up to the main roster. That's not necessarily the case that's happening at the moment. But, I mean, I, th- I think Swerve Scott is one of those guys where you, you can just build upon him for the next few years in NXT. I'd say in about a year, Isaiah Swerve Scott will become NXT champion. And uh, is Johnny Gargano finally going to uh, lose the North American Championship to Bronson Reed? I would have to say at this point he has to because if Bronson Reed loses to Johnny Gargano again, then I think it's going to hurt Bronson Reed. I guess Dexter Loomis is not going to be the one to dethrone Johnny Gargano. I guess I was wrong. Uh, but I think Swerve Scott should get the first shot at uh, Bronson Reed. You know, um, Pete Dunne also looked like a fucking like a badass in this show. Uh, he had an open challenge, and Leon Ruff came to it, uh, open the challenge uh, to accept it, but it was stopped by ref stoppage. Like he just kept stomping and stomping on him, and he was choking him out, and he he had to re- pull Pete Dunne off of a uh, off of Leon Ruff. And Bobby Fish came back to NXT. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly had beaten Oni Lorcan after the match. Pete Dunne attacked Kyle, but Bobby Fish came in made the made the save. Um, this was cool to see. I was glad to see Bobby Fish back, and it's kind of cool that they have a mutual understanding. You know, like they're still cool. However, they're not gonna they're gonna still be their separate ways. It's nice to have like somebody in their in their corner, and that way we can still get Red Dragon to come in and and team up every once in a while. Because Undisputed Era was one of my favorite tag teams, like Fish and O'Reilly in general. Just one of my favorite tag teams to come out of NXT and just wrestling in general. Um, it was nice to see Bobby back. Uh, we haven't seen Adam Cole in a little while. Uh, we haven't seen Roger Strong in a little while. Um, and we haven't seen another NXT wrestler uh, known as Velveteen Dream in a while in NXT. But maybe that's because he's making his NXT sorry main roster debut. Uh, it was reported that Velveteen Dream was backstage at Monday Night Raw. Uh, it's no, it's not clear as to what he was doing there, but he was backstage. Um, look, we've talked about Velveteen Dream in the podcast before, uh, with the allegations and all. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't know if they're filming vignettes. I don't know what it is, but, uh, the fans certainly don't forget with Velveteen Dream. Um, there were a lot of allegations again for sexual harassment allegations uh, where he was talking to uh, teenagers and he's like in his mid 20s. That's pretty fucked up. He had denied the allegations and WWE had put their own investigation in and said they didn't find anything. Now, I talked about this whole thing with uh, with uh, my my friends John Cummings and uh, Anthony uh, back in the uh, SummerSlam uh Slash NXT Takeover prediction show back in August. Um, basically, my whole thing was is that if Velveteen if Velveteen Dream did do this, then these victims need to go to the police. They can't just go to Twitter and be like, "Oh, look what he did." Like, you need to actually go and do it. You need to go and convict this sick fuck of these thing of these these. You know, it's disgusting. Really, it is. Again, if they are true, leads to believe it possibly can be. But if they're not, then, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword, unfortunately, you know. Um, I personally uh, think there is con- uh, that it very well could have happened. 
So it leaves a bad taste in my mouth when I see Velveteen Dream on my TV screen. I just don't know, don't like it. I don't know how that's going to be perceived, but will we see Velveteen Dream in the near future on Raw or SmackDown? Uh, quite possibly. But to wrap up the rest of the half of this podcast, let's get into what happened on AEW Dynamite. This was a really stellar episode of Dynamite. Um, everything just felt big, felt important. I mean, we had um, Yuji Nagata versus John Moxley, and John Moxley apparently got his theme song changed to Wild Thing. Um, I don't know how, how I feel about that. Uh, is that a thing that he's doing over New Japan Strong? Um, if so, let me know at TNAWP or CJ underscore 1214 on Twitter. <clears throat> um, I mean, I probably will get used to it, but I liked Moxley's own theme song better. Who knows? Um, anyway, so Yuji Nagata and John Moxley had a really good match. Um, the Elite, uh, the Young Bucks versus SCU uh, for the World Tag Team titles. That was a really fun match. There was a bit of a botch when Nick Jackson hit the super kick on Daniels. It didn't fully connect. Then it looked like, you know, Daniels was bleeding, which he was. But Daniels has been blading. Uh, blading, I said. You know, blading. You take the fucking blazer blades and your, your wrist tape and... You know what I mean, if you're a wrestling fan. You know what I mean. Um, so, uh, the Bucks and SCU had a really, really great match. I mean, these guys have had great chemistry over the years, so it's nothing sort of fantastic. Um, uh, the stipulation that SCU have put on themselves since, like, December is, like, if SCU are, if they, if Kazarian and Daniels, the next tag match they lose will be their last as a tag team. So naturally, the Bucks beat Kazarian and Daniels, um, and it was it was a stellar match. Um, uh, Matt Jackson <laughs> poking fun and doing the "I'm sorry, I love you" super kick, uh, making fun of the whole Shawn Michaels Ric Flair WrestleMania 24 moment. Um, it was great. I love heel young Bucks. I love it. Um, it was kind of weird seeing how things were going to play out, but it did play out for the best. Uh, I love the Young Bucks' heels. Uh, this match is great. Meltzer might give it five stars again like they did for Pac and uh, Phoenix versus the Bucks. But anyway, uh, we also had Pac versus Orange Cassidy, speaking of Pac, uh, in a match. And it was, uh, I was thinking they were going to do Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega, but maybe they can prolong this for a singles match between Omega and Cassidy. Anyway, um, Kenny Omega got involved in a... Uh, Don Callis, uh, he had gotten distracted Pack, and then Omega comes in hits Pack with a micro uh, microphone or whatever he hit him with, and then Orange Cassidy's already out, and then Aubrey Edwards counts to 10. It was a double count out. Uh, and then Tony Schiavone comes over and says, Tony Khan has informed me that it will now be a three-way uh, match for the AEW world title, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and it's the first time the AEW championship has defend been defended in a three-way match. It's the first time the champion has defended against more than one opponent in a single match. So this should be a lot of fun. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, Omega, Pac, Orange Cassidy, this should be a great match for Double or Nothing. I'm excited about this. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston destroyed the elite Elite's uh, dressing room earlier in the show, and Moxley went to the bathroom, and Eddie Kingston's like, go ahead, bro, go, go, go blow it up, <laughs> meaning go <laughs> go take a big old shit in the Elite's bathroom. So they, And then Gallows, Anderson, and the Young Bucks come back and realize that the locker room has been all fucked up. 
next week, the Bucks are going to be challenging the Varsity Blondes uh, for the AEW Tag Team titles. And the Young Bucks challenged John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW Tag Team titles at Double or Nothing. I was thinking that this was probably going to be the match at Double or Nothing because you're not if you're not going to have Moxley go for the world title or Eddie Kingston, Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston should be a lot of fun. Um, we also had a Pinnacle segment where Tully Blanchard gave all the guys in the Pinnacle like a a, 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 a wrist chain. And it was a gift from Tully to the guys for their victory at, uh, the, uh, at, uh, over, the, over the Inner Circle from Blood and Guts the week prior. Inner Circle come down in a uh, little uh, golf cart type of thing. They thought Jericho wasn't there. Jericho was there. We want a rematch. And MJ's like, no, hell no. So then they spray him with water. And it was very funny and very reminiscent of like the Austin beer, uh, beer Bash. But then MJF gets up and says, all right, fine. You want your rematch? You get your rematch under one condition. If you lose, the inner circle breaks up for good. Take it or leave it. So now the inner circle have to think, do they want to do that? Do they want to risk breaking up the faction? I mean, quite frankly, I think guys like Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz, and Sammy will be fine. I don't know about big Jake Hager. Uh, I'm sure he'll be okay too. But that leads me to believe that the Pentagon will probably lose that match. I also thought it was funny how Tully Bench said, like, I got you the fine, finest five beautiful women in Jacksonville when Dax Harwood is married. And he said that he's like, that he told, he said on TV that he told his wife and baby girl that he may not be coming home. Well, yeah, storyline, you know, who, who fucking cares, I guess. Um, what else happened on AEW? Uh, Britt Baker cut a great promo, uh, hyping up her match for Double or Nothing. I truly think Britt Baker is going to win the AEW Women's Championship. It is about fucking time. I think she's going to do it. It's been long overdue, and I've been wanting this for over a fucking year. Uh, you could argue, say, since AEW was first founded, but I am so hyped for that match. Cody Rhodes is now is no longer the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. He's now the American Dream Cody Rhodes. So I guess that makes sense. Uh, I'm guessing there must have been some kind of uh, okay from WWE to get the uh, to have him be called the American Dream. Um, I mean, Dusty was his father. He was the American Dream. Uh, and he's gonna be facing Anthony Agogo at Double or Nothing. We saw also a Dark Order segment with uh, Hangman Page, where Alex Marvez is interviewing Hangman Page, where Hangman Page had a clever way of challenging um, Brian Cage to a match at Double or Nothing. Where at the end he's like, and for you that will be double or nothing. Like just pretty much telling him be man to man, and then the Dark Order's just like, oh my god, that's so smart. John Silver's like, dang man, did you do that on purpose? Um, it was funny. So yeah, we're getting Brian Cage versus uh, Hangman Page at double or nothing. We're getting Kenny Omega versus Pack versus Orange Cassidy at double or nothing. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Hikaru Shida versus uh, Doctor Britt Baker. Um, and I'm forgetting a few other matches, but um. Anyway, I get to the rest of the show. The main event saw Darby Allen defend the TNT Championship against Miro, and I did say recently that Miro could be the guy to take the title off of Darby, and that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. This this match was absolutely amazing. I love this. Miro looked like an absolute fucking monster. He hasn't looked like a monster in so long in his matches. It's it's just great to see him, and when he was getting his finisher in, and he was, you know, Darby passes out, and then you could see at one point, like, 
Miro like pulls Darby close and they try to cut away from the camera, but that's I'm pretty sure that's Miro, you know, thanking Darby or whatever he's doing. Um, it was it was an amazing match. Miro is TNT champion now. Uh, Ethan, all ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky got involved in the match, which leads me to believe uh, we could be uh, they attack Sting, so we could be getting Sting and Darby versus. Uh, uh, Eth- All Ego Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Um, Lance Archer came out at the end of the show, and he wants the TNT title. He wants Miro. So if we're going to get Miro versus Lance Archer, fuck yeah. Double or Nothing is shaping up to be a hell of a show, a potential match of the year contender, and I can't fucking wait. I really cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun, and this episode of AEW Dynamite did that for me. Uh, but... To wrap things up in the show, we are going to be talking about uh, my predictions for uh, WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Um, it's hard to kind of just switch over to WWE, even though I spoke about AEW this time. But um, I will say this episode was a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite match of the night was definitely the Bucks versus SCU. Um, it was just a really, really great episode. Not a bad thing and Cody's uh, Cody's promo announcing that he was going to be facing Anthony Nagogo at double or nothing was awesome Cody always cuts a great promo and yeah I'm looking forward to AEW Dynamite anyway let's get into Wrestlemania backlash predictions for this Sunday uh, May 16th we have uh, Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. I'm going to go with Damian Priest because this feud needs to fucking end. And Damian Priest needs to move on to other people on the Raw roster. Uh, next, we have Bianca Belair versus Bayley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm going to go with Bianca Belair. It's her first uh, title defense. And Bayley's been doing a decent job in this feud to be the, being the heel. Not decent. A great job, I should say. Um, I think having Bayley as Bianca's first challenger is a good call. Uh, it'll be a great match, a good showing, and a good title defense for Bianca. Next, we have the Dirty Dogs of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I'm going with Ray and Dominic here because, per that report, where the Usos are going to be th- uh, winning the tag titles later this year, uh, and they're going to be facing a babyface team. I think this is the time to do it. Put the titles on Ray and Dominic, give them a decent run, and then the Usos will take the titles from them. Next, we have uh, Bianca, I'm sorry, Rhea Ripley, the Raw Women's Champion, defending against Asuka and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match. This one is a little harder to call. To me, it's probably the hardest match on the card to call, but I'm going to go, I'm not sure here. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with uh, more of my heart than my gut, and I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley. Um, I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley to win. I don't think Char- I thought for sure Charlotte was gonna win, but now that they're kind of a while ago I did, but now that they're kind of playing up the fact that she is a heel and she's doing inserting herself in the match, I think Rhea will win. She'll probably pin Asuka, and then maybe Rhea and Charlotte will feud. Who knows? Uh, next, we have Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Championship. I'm taking Bobby Lashley to win here. Um, I said that if Drew McIntyre beats Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania Backlash, I think it could really hurt Bobby Lashley, and I also think it's really fucking stupid. Why didn't you just give him his moment at WrestleMania in front of a crowd? So I think Bobby is going to retain the title, um, and then maybe he'll move on to Braun Strowman when this is all over. Who knows? 
Uh, next, and finally, what will most likely be the main event, uh, Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, will defend the Universal title against Cesaro. Uh, I have Roman Reigns. I love Cesaro. I love that he's finally being treated in, uh, on the top of the of the main event, top of the card. Uh, he absolutely deserves this. He should have had this a long time ago, but no one's going to take that title off Roman for a while. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to uh, retain the Universal Championship and still be the head of of the table. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please be sure that you're listening also to Fan Speculation over on Spotify, Apple. Uh, that is my Marvel slash Star Wars podcast. We are going to be re- we're reviewing uh, the Bad Batch series that is currently on Disney+. Plus. We have reviewed Falcon of the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, uh, just giving our thoughts and opinions of myself and my buddy Vinny Carini of what we think is going to be happening with all these shows and all these movies and what's going to be happening for the next years and however many years coming up. Um, you can follow us there at Fan speculation underscore pod. Uh, you can find us here at TNAWP on Twitter, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find us all on Apple, Spotify, Google, all your famous podcast apps. Um, and that will be all for me this week. Be on the lookout for a very special episode. We are having a special episode with a special guest talking about a w- certain WWE Hall of Famer. I'll give you a hint of who this Hall of Famer is. He was a huge star in the Attitude Era, and my guess, this is his favorite wrestler. Um, Be on the lookout for that episode coming up very, very soon. Thank you guys all so much for listening. I hope you are doing well, staying safe. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you next time.